Trident Wargaming. Build it, paint it, play it. Hey everyone, welcome back. Another Trident Wargaming episode. Back to back bolt action. Uh, this is going to be part two of the armies of Great Britain. And again, Jason is uh, joining me. Welcome. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so you ready for round two? Ready for round two of the uh, the uh, British Blitz? The yeah. uh... <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, eh? Yeah, we kind of got got through half of uh, half of the book, really, and then uh, the other half is is pretty much all vehicles. So that's what this episode will be about. We'll be going through the vehicles. Um, a lot of them are the same. So we're not going to entirely go through each and every one of them, but we'll, we'll do some short mentions of them. Um, essentially, um, lots of options really, just like their, their infantry and, and special rules. There's tons of options for tanks and, uh, yeah. armored cars as well, actually. <laughs> so, yeah. Which is pretty cool. And, uh, we've seen, we've seen a few of these on the tabletop. Uh, I know Jason, you've, you've run a few and we've seen a couple of the other players have, have them mainly like, I'd say probably Churchill's we see a lot of. Yeah. Um, Church, Churchill's Sherman's mm -hmm. those kind. I, I do have a Valentine, but it's new. Yep. So it's, it's never met the, the tabletop. Uh, but honestly, those are, are mostly, oh, and, uh, Stuart's. Yes. But, uh. Uh, those are mostly what I've seen, which is interesting because they have so many, uh, so many options. Yeah, exactly. So, but uh, again, before we go through there, anything new? Hobby front, same as last time. It was pretty much the same as last time. It's only been uh, you know a couple <laughs> yeah, of I days <laughs> since the last uh, <laughs> last episode, <week. laughs> so last filming or recording. So that's. <laughs> Working on this slow grow, me and my son are, are uh, slowly applying paint to a uh, model. Nice. Now, uh, working through them. Yeah, and uh, speaking of the slow grow, it was uh, first day uh, last week. Uh, we had our slow grow usually on our drop-in nights, and um, it was quite successful. We had pretty much had a full house, so that yeah. was great. Um, we had a lot of fun. A lot of people playing. We actually had seven games going, which was great. Yeah. So, you know, right on. Props on the community for jumping in hard on that, and uh, had a lot of fun. A lot of a lot of faces came out, so it's good. I was glad to see that, and uh, we'll have every second week. Um, yeah, we'll have our, our drop in nights and whatnot. So we'll see more people come out and whatnot too. So. It was good, good, um, good mix of armies. Uh, it was good to see there is, I think, three Japanese players. Yeah. Uh, which we haven't seen in a very long time, uh, which is awesome. Uh, we got some Finns, um, American Airborne. American Airborne, Canadians. Canadians. Some, uh, I think, SAS. And, oh, yeah. Um, then the... Uh, Desert troops, the DAC. Oh yeah. Um, 
Somebody, I don't know who brought those. Yeah, but. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that bugger of a player. Um, but, <laughs> um, and then there's, yeah, there's, there's more coming, of course. A couple of other players uh, who, who couldn't make it because they're in LVO. So, um, so yeah, we'll be going through that and more players will come out. And uh, I'm sure down uh, after, probably after this episode, we might have a couple episodes kind of recaps on LVO and whatnot happening down there. There's two of our players locally down in LVO. So, or we're at LVO on the past weekend. So, yeah. Um, seen a whole bunch of picks that look, looks pretty good. Looks like a lot of players having fun and whatnot. So, um, I spotted Chris in one of the pictures in the background. I kind of zoomed in and I was like, I found you. <laughs> <laughs> You're playing Where's Waldo? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it was good. It was good. No, he sent me some picks and whatnot, but, uh, Sweet. looks like they had a good time. So, it's good. And of course, we'll have events happening, uh, uh, end of February, actually, our event here will pop off. That'll be a lot of fun, too. Some great prize support from Warlord Games, um, their Tier 2 package. Nice. And, uh, on top of that, I got a little package from Rubicon as well. So, uh, yeah, good selection. Players will uh, have a good pick of goodies um, that they can get. So, essentially, Excellent. essentially, every player should be able to get something so and um, there's enough a selection that it'll be worthwhile right so but yeah yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it for sure yeah it'll be fun I'll be able to take a lot of pictures and, and whatnot of uh, the games and and just see everybody kind of throw down so I still got to go through some missions and uh, maybe put in some special little rules stuff like Bacage you know, stuff like the fences, like I mentioned to you before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then make the, uh, just have the missions, you know, kind of, it might either be, some of the missions might be kill points, the other missions will be objectives kind of thing. Uh, none hmm. of those crazy fancy ones where you got to grab something and run it off the board, you know. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to use those for events like that, but. Should be good. It'll be fun uh, just to have people come out at the hall and uh, have a good time. So Excellent. Yeah. So, but getting into the uh, actual episode. Um, yeah. Great Britain and their tanks and armored cars and everything else. So, uh, I guess we can pop it off with... I guess with the British, their tank design and whatnot, they kind of went with like light tanks, cruisers, and like heavy infantry tanks from what I kind of recall. Um, and a lot of them, I, I guess some of the heavier tanks were definitely slow. Yeah. Right. Well, their, uh, their initial concept of, uh, of how tanks should be used is that they're basically there to support the infantry and that's kind of it it wasn't till the uh the faster tanks the light uh cruiser tanks that they had uh in the desert those didn't come along to a little bit a little bit into it, it, it like uh 
you know, near the very beginning, but uh, the concept going into the war was that infantry tanks were it. So they only ever had to go as fast as the infantry. Right. They weren't, uh, they weren't uh, used like we know tanks are used now. They weren't used to, uh, to basically uh, create a breakthrough and exploit it, basically punch through front lines and drive on past uh, you know, through as, as, as deep as they can and start surrounding pockets of troops. That's what Heinz Guderian started mentioning and, and talking about. But the, uh, pretty much most of the Allies, if you look at their early war tanks, yep. were all kind of lumbering, big old tanks designed to go about as fast as infantry can. And that's all they needed. Uh, so it wasn't until the war kind of started, or right before the war, where they thought maybe uh, maybe we should reevaluate this. Uh, seems to be okay, working okay for the Germans. I don't know yeah. this whole <laughs> punching through and exploiting, uh, you know, breakthroughs. True. Oh, uh, so that's where you see uh, the, you know the big difference here. The big, the funny thing is, is that some of those. Uh, you know that big heavy tank design never uh, never quite left the British. They they held on to it till the end with some of their designs, but how they were used altered. And then of course they they went with more, uh, you know, um, quicker vehicles and organized them in in such a way that they were designed to to exploit that that breakthrough. Yeah. And they had their different roles, right? So Yeah. It's uh, interesting when you you start looking at the tanks in the, like tank selections in the book here. Uh you will notice that a lot of them are essentially the same kind of design. Uh um, yeah. you know, um the main cannon, you know, the coaxial some of them have the MMGs. Um, some of them don't. Uh, there's a little sprinkle of HMGs here and there, and there's like I think maybe two, two of the tanks that have like the flamethrower. Um, yeah. So, but you know, as we're kind of going through this, you have uh, when you start looking in the book, there's actually they got two special rules that you can apply to your tanks. And um, one of them is, I guess, used um, June 1944 and onward kind of thing, as they mention it. Essentially, it's the Cullen uh, hedgerow cutter. Mm -hmm. You know, so you can apply that for your games and whatnot. Um, you know, going through the hedgerows and, and obstacles like that can clear a path, um, which would be great for one of the tables that I actually designed. So, yeah, <laughs> um, they're great for bocage. Exactly. So, like for ten points, that's hey, it's cool. You can apply that. Uh, the other thing is the was it Little John adapters? Yeah, uh, for the Tetriarch tank. Yeah, so it's um, saying for the QF uh, two pounder anti tank guns, it's like an add on. So you yeah, can, they, uh, what is it? It's a, fi a plus five or five plus for uh, 
penetration. Yeah, basically it increases the the pen value of the because uh, normally it has a light anti tank gun, yeah, which is a plus four, but it, it ups it by by plus one. Yeah, but um, it's it's not reliable. So I guess on a roll of a one, it's broken. Yeah, and the crew yeah. has to spend like a whole turn fixing. Yeah, basically it's a little adapter that they screw into the end of the barrel. Oh, really? So, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's uh, and and the whole idea is that it's it's actually not quite as big. The breech is a little bit smaller than okay. than without the uh, adapter, so that pressure kind of has to squeeze through a smaller opening, which you can imagine may or may not lead to uh, problems. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And you're, you'll see that um, a lot of the tanks actually do have, like, the, the two-pounder cannon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, as we're going through here, like, the light tanks themselves, you know, uh, a lot of the earlier earlier tanks are equip- equipped with HMGs and MMGs. Um, some of them have multiple turrets uh, kind of things. So, uh, like the MK2 that they start off with, it's uh, considered a, a 7-plus armored car, apparently. It's a, a 1, a, M- 1 HMG and then it has a coaxial MMG. So, you know, that's kind of... I guess it'd probably be kind of the standard of, of early war tanks. Um, just machine guns to support those infantry. Yeah, and really you got to look is that, uh, you know, the, most of the tanks you're facing are, you know, wee little babies. Yeah, they, exactly. No need to up-gun until the enemy starts up-armoring. And then, you know, it's kind of the arms race type cycle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. And even like the, the next one, the uh, M- MK Vic there has uh, the light auto cannon instead. So you can see now that it's starting to armor up a little bit with uh, its weapon. Again, it's 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 a 7 plus armored car. Uh, the Vickers 6 ton is a light tank. Uh, this one has the two turrets. Um, so has that. Or it can, uh, I guess, take a light anti-tank gun with a coaxial, but you increase in points. And then again, it's an, a seven-plus armor car. So, if th- these are considered armored cars, they actually are not really going to be taking your tank slot. No, I'm, no, right? Yeah, we're still in the the old armored car uh, section. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that's interesting. You can take one of those and then actually take a a larger tank later down the road. Um, Then, of course, you have your your Tetrarch, which uh, I know you you have one. I have one, yeah, with with my Airborne. uh, It's not particularly a good tank, but, uh, you know, the idea is that a tank is better than no tank. And uh, if you land with a tank near... People that don't enemy combatants that don't have tanks, then then you're maybe one upping. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, eh? <laughs> but I I don't know. It's true. Uh, yeah, they used to stuff these things into horse gliders 
and uh, or not the horses, uh, the bigger one. I can't remember the name of it offhand. But anyway, they would they would stuff one in and glide it. I use the term loosely to the ground. And uh, I'm sure they lost a few. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there you go. You got tanks behind the enemy lines. Pretty much. Yeah. It's just a little tank, a little guy. Just a wee, just a little guy. Just a wee little baby. Thing too is that uh, that Tetra can actually um, have a howitzer, a light howitzer on it. Yeah. Um, so that that's interesting, especially in like doing an early war game. You'd be surprised. Like the light howitzers can do some work, especially on yeah. a tank. Yeah, I'm a fan of the light howitzer for sure. I've uh, recently been using my Matilda too with the. Uh, I think it's the Matilda 2C version, uh, but I okay, might yeah. be corrected, but it has the light howitzer. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, you're not going to, you're probably not taking out any enemy tanks with that puppy, but it's uh, generally you're only facing one. Yeah. So, uh, and you, you can still throw pins on that tank. And I like the sure. option of, uh, just being able to hit hit the infantry a little harder where I need to. Yeah, and that's just it. Like with with tanks, I find if I'm taking a medium howitzer, sometimes I will slug it at the enemy tank, and there's usually a good chance I'm I'm going to hit it and and hurt it. Right. Yeah. So now you're you're still a threat. You're still a threat to that enemy tank. But now you're a bigger threat to those veterans, the, the infantry, you know. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're getting a direct shot on them. So um, now your opponent really has to worry about that. But then at the same time still has to worry about, you know, other weaponry that you have in your your arsenal of your army that could lay some damage down on, on them or his infantry. Um, so this one... It's interesting. You can only actually take it as a regular for 105 points. So, I mean, really for 105 points, regular tank, that's not that bad. No. It's um, affordable, of course. You know, uh, going with early war, you're going to have points to spare. So definitely a good option. Uh, as for the other ones, you're looking a bit cheaper. Probably anywhere from 25, 30, you know, point difference. Um, but I don't know. The uh, the weaponry, I, I prefer the uh, Tetrarch for sure. Right. Yeah. And this is and this is just all in a view of kind of comparing the tanks to what kind of would work a bit better, I guess, in games compared to, uh, not compared to really like the thematic history and stuff of when or what they're used in your armies, but you're able to do both. So by all means, use whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Right? Yeah, you're not going to see, you know, a Vickers six-ton light tank in 1945 in reality with a very themed list, but with a, a fun... Whatever, with just a reinforced platoon, why, why not? Who, 
Yeah, exactly. So, so next up we end up going to the cruiser tanks and there's actually a fair bit of them. Um, so and a lot of these were used, you know, North, North Africa, uh, I believe Greece, France, uh, those areas. Um, and there's even one, I believe, I think was mainly used as a training vehicle. Yeah. Um, so you kind of start off with the, uh, the A9 cruiser tank and, uh, you know, they go through to like A10s, A13s, uh, the Covenanter, that's the one that's, uh, the training vehicle. And then you start going to Crusaders, but, yeah, some, uh, as you, go ahead, James. Some of these early ones are basically like the no name brand. Yeah. <laughs> of tanks. They're, uh, they're specifically designed with cost savings. Yeah. In, in my, <laughs> so, uh, if you think about what that means when you're, <laughs> you're trying to, Literally, your your motive is to cut corners mm -hmm. to save money. You're not going to end up with the best, you know, most elite machines. No, like as as I'm looking at these, right? Like the the first one, the A9 is still a seven plus armored car. Yeah, and and, I, um, and to be fair to the bolt action tank system is very generous to these some of these tanks because they're really in bolt action they're basically just broken up into a couple of rough categories you, yeah. they should be penalized far more than <laughs> than we're able to with the with the rule set in place you know without it becoming very it's it's one of the things i love about bolt action is that it's not overly cumbersome no, uh, but the one of the drawbacks is that it can be a little bit simplified, and in tanks, that's one of the where places they've kind of simplified it. But as a bonus to that, some of these really crummy early war tanks aren't necessarily that bad in game. Yeah, it's still a game, so I mean, it's, it still have some kind of effect in it. But um, but as you can see, like when you're looking at these tanks, like point wise, they're pretty close, you know, inexperienced anywhere from 84 points to hundred points. Regulars are in anywhere from, you know, 105 to 125, um, until you get up to a certain tank. And then that's when things start to change here. But again, the A9, the A10, the A13s, uh, the cruiser tanks, you know, they seem to all be kind of equipped with the two-pounder light anti-tank gun, coax LMMGs, you know, and then there's a variation of, of forward-facing MMGs and whatnot. Some of them have dual MMGs up front. Um, others can switch out for howitzers. Right, mm -hmm. like the three point seven uh, light howitzer, um, and they've, as you're going through here, they kind of switch. There's a couple of them that are the seven plus armored cars, and then there's a couple of them that are eight plus light tanks. So whatever fits your, you know, your design of your army, or however you're doing it, if you're trying to work with those tanks for for a theater or for whatever 
era kind of your plane, um, you have the options, right? So mm -hmm. they're all there. Um, Model-wise, uh, I'm not 100% sure if they even have some of these. I'm sure they're out there. But you do have options, which is good. Then you go into, uh, you start going into the, like, the Crusader. Mm -hmm. And now your points are going up. And this is, I believe, the first tank um, that you can actually get veteran status on. 162 points for a veteran tank. Yeah. And then you have, you still have your light anti-tank gun with the coaxial, uh, forward arcing MMG. Um, and of course you can replace your, your anti-tank gun for a, uh, a howitzer. So same kind of design, but now you can go to veteran and, um, and change things up too, right? And the armor is eight, so now you're actually you're, yeah. you're in tank range now, not uh, not a armored car, armored really. Car. Yeah, and most of these tanks are still early war. Some of them kind of go into mid mid war, but uh, pretty early on still. And then you have, you know, as you're going forward, you. you there's still more cruiser tanks <laughs> to go through the crusader tanks, right? Yeah. Um, so you got a couple more again. Um, there's one of the tanks that I think it's the MK six crusader three and it now gets a six pounder. Yeah. It's, it's so beefing it up. Yeah. So, but so six pounder coaxial eight plus there's no hull mounted, MMG, so that's all you got. But you can definitely see an increase in points now. You know, 116 in experience, 145 reg, 174 vet. Would I go vet? Mm, probably still wouldn't. <laughs> it's just, it, for me, it, that tank's still not really worth going as a vet, but that's just me, you know? Yeah. I mean, maybe... Uh... So what's the points difference? Thirty points, twenty nine points, or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and you get the one extra uh, on your uh, morale. Mm, okay. And really, that's there's that, and then you get the um, the extra roll for oh, that uh, ignoring the pins. That's right. As a veteran, right? So, yeah, I, I, so I'm not. I'm not sure veteran is really worth it at all. Wise? No, yeah, no. You know where it is worth it is on American tanks. Yes, for sure, because you can get the any tank where you can get the uh, gyro stabilization. It can only be applied to veterans, so you get a move and shoot, no move and shoot penalty. Boom, hundred yep. percent worth it. Other tanks, I don't know. I don't, unless you're going for some kind of theme, or, or that's the idea, or I don't know that it really adds a whole lot as compared to infantry, where veteran is, is actually quite a big deal. It increases your morale. It makes it uh, significantly harder to kill you. Uh, those yeah. are, 
are big bonuses. So, yeah. And then next up, we have the Cromwell. Oh, cheerio! So, yeah. Now you're now you're going into the medium anti tank uh, cannon and coaxial, and a nine plus uh, a nine armor plus. value. So exactly. we're, we're actually starting to get into uh, to medium tanks here. Yeah, and they have the option for the six pounder, and they have a. Uh, they can replace it for a 95 millimeter medium howitzer, which is interesting because now you're, again, you're now in a medium howitzer. Yeah. Which can definitely do some work. It's, I, it's you know, uh, regular 205 points. So you can see the price going up. Um, you got a Centaur next. I guess used by the Royal Marines and whatnot. I guess there was like says there was like 80 of them made, so not that many, but uh, medium howitzer for its main gun. Mm -hmm. So it's popping something open, 9 plus, medium tank, coaxial, and I guess a hull MMG as well. So a little, little, uh, little bit more expensive than the, uh, the Cromwell, but... Uh, Depending on what you like for your tanks. Certainly cool if you're going with a with the Royal Marines uh, uh, list. Mm -hmm. Fun for to, sure. Fun to add that the flavor to it. Yeah. Yeah. Next up, Challenger. Big points on this, Papa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you're and and. And you'll see why. <laughs> yeah, you're you're adding uh, is, is we're still in the medium tank. You're adding a 17 pounder super heavy anti tank gun. Yeah, which uh, is that's a that's a punch. That's a tank killer. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, it's definitely late war tank. Uh, 44, 45 points really go up on this one. Yeah. Uh, inexperience is 244, right? So, I mean, you're not going to take it as an experience. It's going to be regular, more than likely a 305. Yeah. So, but it has a big cannon and it's going to hurt when it hits. So, um, I can't remember if anybody used it in the tank war battle. I don't. I can't remember. I can't remember at all. I don't. Yeah, I thought Brandon maybe had some, but uh, next one is the Comet. Another famous name for tank. <laughs> yep. And again, super heavy as well. So uh, very similar to, to the Challenger, uh, except that it has some uh, heavy frontal armor. Yeah, so, so a 10 on the front. 10 plus. It's pretty good. Pretty good. It's a big sink, uh, point sink. Big. You can't even take inexperience on this thing. Big time. Yeah. So, so as as you can see, we're starting to really jump into the the bigger tanks now and more points, of course. Which to me has always kind of been an issue for tanks. Do I really want to spend that much? You know, 
yeah on the tanks yeah they're, so. they're certainly much more viable using some of the early war early yeah. war tanks because yeah all the the last couple of tanks are all late war hence the bigger guns hence the the more expense yeah for sure but you also uh you also got to consider with going through these tanks and stuff you know if tanks is your jam, if you if you really like playing tanks, like don't forget there is tank war. Yeah. And that's where that's where kind of going into these selections and whatnot, now you can start being like, Oh, you know what? I'm gonna take these. These are not bad for the air that I'm playing or or you know, these will work really good or they're cost effective or I can get more of them. Whatever the case may be. Right? Oh yeah, for sure. For tank war any any of these are mm-hmm. are decent. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Uh, lots of options. Um, so we have now we have the infantry tanks. There we go. So now we're we're back to early war. Yeah, exactly. So you're gonna see a lot of them have the slow rule. Yeah, and this, and this so, is where uh, where I was talking about how they're slow lumbering. But look at the uh, the time period here with the Matilda one, and compare it, yep. you know, to the where we started with the uh, the light tanks and cruiser tanks. This armor is nine nine plus. Yeah, uh, and its weapon is a uh, turret mounted HMG. Yeah, that's it. So really, its its armament doesn't go up. Or uh, its armor doesn't really go up until uh, a bit later, but uh, the armament is what really, really gets beefed. Yeah, nine plus medium early war. Yeah, it's going to be pretty hard to crack that. Hard to crack that because you're—I mean, most of the tanks you're facing are firing, you know, uh, auto cannons, maybe. Mm-hmm. At best, a light anti-tank gun. So uh, pretty, yep. pretty decent. I mean, it's 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 got an M- MM or HMG, so I mean, it's not going to be pulverizing things, but it still is going to be a threat because you're going to be able to fire that all the time, really. Yeah, and it um, it does cause pins. Yep. Right. So, and going and against then, uh, veteran infantry. Uh, oh yeah, HM- for sure. HMGs are great at that. I, I find they're kind of underappreciated sometimes, but the fact that they can pin vehicles, are armored vehicles, and they're they're quite good at taking out light vehicles. And when you can you can uh, eliminate uh, uh, veterans a little bit easier, but it's it's not that bad of a weapon. Oh, for sure. And uh, not too pricey either for that one. So no. Um, as you go through, like you have a couple other Matildas that have different options. Um, of course, a lot of these were were used in France and whatnot. And then um, you upgrade to like the two pounder light anti tank gun with the coaxial. Yeah. Uh, still nine plus, but you can replace. I guess you can replace the uh, the cannon for uh, a light howitzer, so you have that option. And then uh, 
Then you have the frog and the Murray. Yep, I believe it's called. They're, uh, and uh, I guess I guess they're kind of uh, they were used by Australians. Um, yeah, so they're actually uh, uh, kind of uh, used in late war in the jungles. Yeah, uh, but then again, there's not a whole lot of uh, tank battles, so they don't need uh, great huge. Uh, uh, anti-tank guns, things that serve them better are machine guns, flamethrowers, those kind mm-hmm. of uh, uh, weapon systems in those environments, and that's exactly what this and th- what this guy is. And this is the first tank that actually has a flamethrower on it. Mm-hmm. So interesting to see that. Um, it does have the volatile fuel tanks, so... Um, I can't quite remember, but I think there's some, some kind of bonus if you're, or something to do when you're on fire, essentially on the chart. Yeah, I think so, yeah. So, but yeah, there's that guy, which is pretty neat. Uh, and then you start going into the Valentine or Valentine, however you say it for, I guess, wherever you come from. I call it <laughs> Valentino. Yeah. It's not right, but that's what I call it. But uh, I guess a lot of these were made in Canada. Yeah. And then they were, uh, I know the Soviets used them as well. And um, they also, I guess, uh, served a lot in like the desert. Yep. So definitely made its way around. Turret light anti-tank, coaxial MMG, 9 plus, medium tank, and it was, and again, slow. So, pretty basic concept to it, but uh, and for for anybody that doesn't know or can't remember, slow is you only get to advance six inches instead of nine, and and therefore run at a uh, whopping twelve. <laughs> so uh, you you are quite uh, limited on. This isn't the tank that's uh, rip roaring up. Up the field. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. And it goes, pretty much goes with majority of uh, the other Valentines as well. You, uh, the next one, you you know, you upgrade the, the cannon, so you're now at a medium anti-tank gun. Mm-hmm. Still the coaxial, the next one after that. Again, same thing. 75 millimeter on this one, though. So medium anti-tank gun. Um, so still slow. So again, like they're they're very similar. You know, they have the different types of tanks, like the, you know, the Valentine uh, 10 or 11. They kind of categorize them as in these kind of sections, and this is kind of like the basic equipment that they would have in gameplay. Yeah. So... Um, but model-wise and whatnot, whatever you find out there that, you know, you can throw together and pretty much fits the theme of your army and stuff, so. And a lot of the variants, too, honestly, model-wise, there's not that big of a difference. No. So, and and in fact, some of the differences are engine and uh, chassis, turret, everything is exactly the same. That's why... Sometimes when you buy a model kit, it will list, you know, X tank version 
you know, A, B, and C. And uh, you look at, oh, what changed? Well, this one has a different headlight. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but there's, there's been some good kits. Um, I think the, uh, the T-34 for the Soviets, they have like three different turrets. Yeah. You know, uh, casings, right? Sloped and squared off and this and that. Different t- time periods. So they're pretty decent. But again, there's lots of kits out there. You don't have to just strictly go with Warlord games. There's a lot out there that you can pick out of. So it's pretty good. And they're getting better and better all the time. Next, we have the almighty Churchill. The Churchill, yeah. And there's a whole bunch of them. <laughs> yeah. And then you look at its uh, freaking service period. Yeah. 1941 to 1945. And then its options, just because it served for so long, they they didn't really, you know, switch over to another tank. They... They just evolved this one. I mean, essentially, just kept upgrading it. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's so many versions of it. Uh, so, and it's a heavy tank. It's it's yes. a ten plus armor. Ten plus, but she's slow, of course. She's slow. Um, model wise, she's big. Yeah. That um, two sixty five points for a regular mm-hmm. is. Uh, not bad considering the armor 10. Even with the slow, yes. uh, it can really, uh, you know, perform its role as supporting the infantry quite thoroughly and for, with relative safety with that 10 plus yeah. armor. And this one's interesting because you start off with a six pounder, so medium anti tank coaxial Ford MMG but you can switch it to a light anti-tank that also gets a um, what is it the light howitzer on the hull instead yeah right there's that option or you can drop it down to I guess the two pounder for minus 20 points um, the th- next option is a six pounder with a three inch howitzer And then I guess they're, so yeah, you, you essentially gain a three inch howitzer on the turret on this one. And then you'll get a light anti-tank on, I think the hull for this one as well. So there's like a lot of options to switch out, right? Um, which is interesting for that guy. Yeah. You know, this one, uh, makes me think a lot of, uh, Lehman Russ. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. That's pretty much what the tank really kind of is um but as you can see now too like the next one the churchill what seven eight i believe yep um again you're you're looking at medium anti-tank gun has options same kind of thing like howitzer but super heavy tank it's a super heavy yeah so 11 plus and the points go up oh big time quite heavily yeah. So now you're getting to that territory. Like you have, you know, you have this going up against German tank. What? Panther? 
Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think the Panthers uh, going to outgun it quite quickly. So, but again, what's your flavor? <laughs> what's what's the flavor? Yeah, I I don't know that I would be taking this puppy unless it was uh, themed. Yeah, you know. But then again, you know, you're not going to have a whole lot of you don't have a lot of chances to have an eleven armor allied tank. Yeah, no, that's true, and. Um, just with the game itself, right? Like again, you know, we're kind of looking at options and, and points and, and all these tanks, but essentially bolt action, I don't think really fits that category of, you know, uh, what's optimized or what's the most competitive kind of, uh, unit and, and whatnot, right? Um, you'll, you'll recognize what units are really good for their points, of course, but, essentially like if i have a churchill on my wall which i'm sure there is um i'm gonna build it because i think it's cool yeah because oh, yeah. i i'm i'm fitting it into an army that's uh that had it you know that kind of thing right options essentially oh yeah you know just like the next two you know um you have your your churchill um I don't know if it's A V R E or what do they call that? Is the the Av? I I think it's A V R E. Yeah, that's what I thought too. <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> but I call it Avra. Yeah. So, like this one, you know, it it has um, essentially a, a heavy howitzer on it. Yeah, and here's the thing: this one's not that crazy. Points wise, yeah. two hundred and ninety for a regular. You got ten plus armor because it's a heavy tank, mm-hmm. and a heavy howitzer with a coax MMG and a whole mount MMG. A heavy howitzer, oy oy oy. In in this game, you know you're just saying like there's not too many ways to to tweak the <laughs> tweak the melons of the. <laughs> <laughs> heavy heavy howitzers are are killers. Well, and that's this one too. Like it even says that like it it can't fire the howitzer at long range. Yeah, um, it's the uh, petard mortar, I guess it is. Yeah, that it, it essentially has. It's it's meant to level fortifications. Yeah, it takes out bunkers. So you advance this thing because it's slow. You would start advancing up, and you know what. If your opponent has guys bunkered in in a building, well, this is the tank to do it. This even level the building evens that out, <laughs> right? Like you're targeting the building, and more than likely, it's going to be pretty easy to hit. So yeah. use it, right? And then have your infantry sweep in and f- take care of the rest if there's anything left, right? But and it looks kind of cool. I like the. Uh... I mean, it fires a, basically a garbage can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it looks like that gun fires a garbage can. So, yeah. uh. I don't think I actually seen this one, but yeah, I remember reading, reading a bit of it, and it's, it's, uh, just a big old mortar. <laughs> so it's pretty neat. Let's see, again, like another option, right? Yeah. Um, then you have the Churchill Crocodile again. Another more options there with the flamethrower. 
Yeah, so almost 500 points at regular. Yeah, that's the crazy part. But super heavy with a uh, turret mount medium anti-tank gun, coaxial machine gun, and forward-facing hull-mounted flamethrower. Yeah. So you got a tank and a flamethrower tank. Yep. Pretty exactly. uh, pretty scary. And it looks hella think, cool with the trailer. I think Dust... No, no, Dusty used something else against me. I thought it was that tank, but it was a LVT with a flamethrower. Oh, yeah. So nasty. Just took care of my... Uh, my Russian tank camera. Oh, the KV that I had. Yeah, if you, if you can get it up close and personal, it can really just yeah. wreck face. Oh, yeah. So so that's, uh, that's kind of the British, like, tanks specifically there. And then it has a section where they have a whole other bunch of tanks. Um, but essentially it's like the American tanks that were used by the British, mm -hmm. uh, which is pretty neat because they have now more options. Um, so you have your Stewarts, you know, you have your, uh, Lees and Grants, your Shermans, of course. Uh, what else? Glorious Shermans. Yeah. I, uh, I only yeah, have Sherman, 24 Sherman. of them. <laughs> Locusts, Chaffees. So there's there's a lot of them in here. Um, as you start looking through like these uh, Stuarts and whatnot, uh, very much the same, equipped the same. You know, light anti-tank guns, MMGs, usually dual MMGs on some of them. Um, some of them are vulnerable, so they, they get an extra plus one on the pen against them. And then, uh, they have, so the steward has the option of becoming recce. Essentially, they replace the turret with a, a pintle mounted HMG. Mm -hmm. Um, and it confers recce, but they're also now open topped, so... Lighter tanks with a lot of machine guns that can, you know, bait and switch kind of other enemy tanks or, or units. So having other units commit to go against them as they withdraw and zip around. Yeah. And Recce so. is great. It's an amazing mm -hmm. rule in the game. And to have Recce with a, a 8 plus at uh, 135 points, not bad is that no not at all not bad at all really so it's good that uh you have that option it's a fast little tank you know and as you go through uh like i said they're essentially they are equipped fairly the same um except for the stewart six I guess it uh, has like reinforced armor. Oh yeah, on the front, so we could go to a nine plus. Um, and that's kind of like mid to late war. As you start going through that, points aren't too bad. 
Uh, they all range. Like if we're if we're looking at regulars, you're looking at like lowest cost is one fifteen, highest cost is like one fifty five. Mm-hmm. So that's not bad at all, right? So, and then you start going up to some of the larger tanks. You know, you uh, the M three Lee and the Grant, which are to me they kind of look pretty much almost identical, really. <laughs> so, um. Again, uh, you got this tank that has essentially two anti-tank guns on it and MMGs. Yeah. Nine plus armor. Um, so medium light anti-tanks. So not too bad. Has a couple different rules where it's easily catches on fire. So it's adding like D3 pins rather than one on the fire chart on the, the, uh, yeah. the damage table. So, and vulnerable. Yeah, essentially, it's um, you know, pretty much they're given rules for tanks of the time at what they came across to what they uh, essentially found out about them, Mm -hmm. right? And what else we got here? The Lees. Pretty much the same. Grant two. Prices start going up. Um, same equipment essentially. Then you start to jump into the Sherman medium tank. The the almighty Sherman. The Shermanator. Yeah. The Shermster. <laughs> the most common tank you probably see people field for Americans for for Brits probably. I mean, um, tank war. Oh, so the reality is, is they produce like a gajillion, bajillion uh, of yeah. these tanks. So, yeah, they did. And there's multiple options for these tanks. Um, you know, essentially your medium anti-tank guns or anti-tank uh, turrets. Uh, you know, coaxials other MMGs on them. They Some of them have a few different rules where they usually catch on fire, that kind of stuff, uh, as you're looking at, like, the early Shermans. Yeah. Zippos or whatever. And um, as you start going a little later, they start getting some decent weaponry. Yeah. And uh, prices are still not bad. No. Right? Like, I'm looking at... Right now, I'm looking at a Sherman 2A... 3A, uh, essentially 235 for a regular, and it gets a, a mounted heavy heavy anti-tank gun with a coaxial and a hull-mounted MMG, 9 plus medium tank. Doesn't have easily catch fire or anything like that. Yeah. Pretty decent, right? You got another one that has a medium howitzer. Uh, that one has a couple different rules, so you just have to watch out for that. Meme howitzer, fireflies, firefly with the uh, super heavy anti tank gun. Yep, yep. And again, three hundred points essentially for that for that one for a regular. So not too bad. You know, you can probably field. What is it? 
depending on what tanks like Germans use, you know, uh, if they're going with the bigger cats, you might be able to get two of these for their one essentially. Yeah. Well, isn't the, uh, the King tiger is six, six, six points. Mm-hmm. So there you have it right there. So oh. two of these for one. So it's, uh, they're definitely, I think worth their points. Yeah. You know, looking at them. Yeah. If you know you're coming up against some big tanks, mm -hmm. I mean, you can't go wrong. And they look great. And they look really cool. They, I love the look of the Sherman. Yeah. I think I got two fireflies myself. Yeah. I got a couple. So. I need, uh, I need one more, uh, firefly and a recovery vehicle. And I have an entire company. And they have uh, the Sherman Sherman Five. Yep. That's um, I guess that's a howitzer on that one, eh? Nope. Huh. No, it's uh, they might have that option. Yeah, but I believe it's a main gun is is the medium anti tank gun. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I think that was one of the first ones I picked up was that one. And just because it had the, the British flag on it for usability, right? So, yeah. Which is pretty cool. Uh, of course, Americans will have a whole bunch of other ones. Yep. Um, but yeah, these are the ones, options for the Brits in this book, at least. And I'm sure there's more down the road as you start looking to like theater selectors and whatnot. You'll probably find different ones here and there, accessibility to them. And then you, uh, I guess you got a couple more light tanks, like the M22 Locust. Um, again, probably comparable to your uh, Tetrarch. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly, yeah. exactly what it is. I just love this option, maybe given Recky for 10 points. Yeah. Uh, all the time oh every day of the week yeah yes exactly yes please same thing with the chaffee tony uses the chaffee i think yeah eight plus light tank has that uh it does have vulnerable so not too bad but yeah good little tanks great little tanks yeah and you got some tank destroyers of course uh there's a fair bit of Tank destroyers and self-propelled artillery. Now, this might uh, surprise you, Andy, but uh, tank destroyers were used to destroy tanks. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're not finding any uh, howitzers on these puppies. They're all no. They're all no, the heaviest. I... The heaviest guns they had access to for the time they're released. Yeah, you know, it it's funny because like I tend to, I don't know, I I've always kind of liked tank destroyers myself. Yeah, um, you know, not just always in like tabletop games, but at other games too. You know, I've always kind of had a thing for tank destroyers, like the way they look and whatnot. But just their whole purpose, you know, tank hunters essentially, right? Totally. Um, would you have the, yeah, as you go through here, you have the, you know, like the porties, um, looks like they're kind of like the earlier 
war anti-tank gun kind of platform soft skin so pretty easy to take out yeah so it's basically a truck with a cannon in it yeah and most of the most of the nations had some kind of sort of thing like that right yep uh, yeah, was, yeah uh, the Deacon built on a, a Bedford or Austin three ton. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the Deacon again, armored car, anti tank gun, medium archers, uh, rear facing super heavy, yeah, uh, anti tank gun. So, this was an interesting one. So I, I remember seeing this tank in, in one of the games I used to play. And yeah, you had to like turn it around to actually fire its weapon because of the way it was designed. But rear facing 17 pounder super heavy anti-tank gun. Um, it's interesting because... Like well, it was uh, built on the fired in the rear. Was, yeah, this is uh, built on the Valentine tank chassis, and it apparently wasn't able to uh, support the uh, the gun facing forward. Oh, jeez! So they did a workaround and made it so that you just you fire it backwards. Okay. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Uh, I guess yeah, they. They made like 600 and some of them. Yeah. So interesting. I don't know if I'll see, ever see a model of that, but we'll see. Eventually, I will like Pokemon trainers. Yeah. <laughs> I will have them Gotta all. catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have some auto cars. They're uh, essentially... Medium anti-tank guns, armored carriers. They're stuck on a half track. Yeah. Open topped, that kind of thing. You got your M10 Wolverine. Beauty. Just a familiar one. It looks so cool. Mm-hmm. Heavy mounted tank gun and 175 points regular. It's pretty good. Yeah. Right. Next up, your Achilles. Super heavy anti-tank gun. 8 plus. Open topped. Essentially kind of the same thing. Yeah. Except pricier. Pretty much. Way pricier. <laughs> it's, uh, and it was basically just an M10 uh, tank destroyer, the American one. But it had yeah. the uh, 17 pounder instead. I had to make it British. I got a British buy it. <laughs> yeah. so so that's yeah that's actually that's kind of it for like that's it for the destroyers and it, it destroyers in my opinion in this game spg really can be brutal self-propelled artillery guns self-propelled artillery yeah can be absolutely brutal you know, you have the mobility that you you don't have with the the artillery guns. You know, uh, your your regular fixed artillery. Um, one of their biggest 
vulnerabilities or uh, spots where they're lacking is that you, if you have to move that thing in order to get a shot, you're probably just that it's just dead, like a like a, a point sink. It it's not going to contribute, you know. Or if you're playing on a really dense battlefield and your spotter gets taken out, or you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. There's a lot of times where it it just can't contribute as much as you want it to. Yeah, uh, because of that. And uh, these SPGs can, uh, uh, you know, change that quite easily by ripping to a new location, uh, you know, in a turn instead of, you know, humping it <laughs> with your, uh, if it's a light enough gun, moving it six inches at a time. Uh, yeah, or, true. you know, waiting for your, you know, getting your truck to hook it up and, transporting it wherever it wants to go and then unhooking and in game yeah it's you essentially lose a turn if you're moving right if you have to reposition yeah and uh, and it's it sucks because like i use a lot of i've used a lot of howitzers and whatnot and having not being able to fire it not being able to use its firepower and you know most of the game you kind of get messed over by that totally it just sinks those points and and losing a turn is generous because that's if you can move it to a position where you can see something in that turn it could be the rest of the game i know i've played games where my spotter gets taken out and then i spend three turns moving my howitzer so that i can see something (laughs) (laughs) yeah no exactly that's why they went with these are mobile or are, are pretty good. Yeah. Um, and you got uh, you got a bit of them, not too too many. But as I was looking through here, you know, you have your machine gun carrier, um, essentially machine guns on an armored carrier. Yeah. Um, so it it can uh, turn on the spot, you know, going full speed and reverse kind of thing. Three-inch mortar carrier. Uh, it's a medium mortar. Seven plus. Turn on the spot again. Uh, Bishop, twenty-five SP pounder. Uh, that would be light howitzer. Yep. By the looks of it, and it's slow, so you gotta watch out with that guy. But it's a nine-plus medium tank. Um, yeah. Then you go to like the M7 Priest, and that's probably the most, probably infamous one. I would probably say that name, the Priest. Yeah. Uh, medium howitzer, yep. HMG. It's great. It's open topped, but yeah, most of these will be right. Yeah, a a armor. Yeah, that medium howitzer can be just a real pain in the membrane yeah you know yeah and it's not it's not really a crazy amount of points it's honestly not that much more than a 25 pounder with a toe yeah Uh, 160 points regular yeah it's pretty good it's pretty good you have the sexton uh light howitzer 
has a little bit of a, a negative to it where you can't fire the main gun. Uh, you can fire either the main gun or the LMG, but not both. So, me. So really, you're probably, if it was me going with one of these tanks, it, it'd probably be the priest. Yeah, but essentially. honestly, though, looking at it in games terms, you lose an LMG. Not that big of a deal, honestly. Yeah, but it's 120 points regular. Uh, oh, and it, you know what? It's a light howitzer too, actually, compared to the medium howitzer. That's a big difference. Yeah. Oh, otherwise, uh, three-inch mortar carrier, maybe. I know it's lighter. Yeah. But being able to turn on the spot and to actually execute like a full speed run rate. Yeah. Just to reposition if you needed to, right? That's actually pretty useful in a pinch. Pretty decent for sure. Yeah, so not too many options for them, but obviously they don't really have anything bigger than a, a medium. Leave those for the big guns, I guess. Uh, Anti-aircraft vehicles, essentially the usual, you know, Bofors AA gun, truck, heavy automatic cannon, has flak, all these will have flak on them. Uh, Polston A truck, automatic cannon. You can add, this one's interesting, you can add second, third, or fourth light autocan at 30 points per gun. Yeah. It's a lot of shots, but it's a lot of points. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the Polston gun is pretty cool looking too, though. Hey, <laughs> you got you to gotta put out the cool factor. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, you got a Crusader 3, MK1, MK2, A uh, has two pair 20 millimeter light auto cannons. Sweet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have, so you apparently you have a heavy auto cannon and you can replace it with, yeah, the two paired lights. So, uh, interesting. Hmm. Cool. They're not that expensive either. No. The, these are really, really cheap. And honestly, it's funny. You never see them. Never. No. I mean, very rarely. They actually are quite decent, especially for for the points. Like even that Polster and AA truck. It's a truck, sure. 45 points. Let's say you take all four. Four light autocannons. That's going to wreck infantry. Yeah. And, In a heartbeat. And what is that? 120, 165 points? Yeah. That's a murderer. Like, I mean, it most likely doesn't fit your theme you're going for or whatever, but uh, gosh darn it, it will kill. <laughs> True enough. True enough. Uh, Staghound double A. AA. Uh, ah, two, that's what I call Two turret mounted paired, yeah, <laughs> HMGs <laughs> plus a forward facing hall mounted MMG and recce. It's, it has flak. It's an eight plus light tank for 130 points. It has some decent firepower and the ability to 
scoot when it needs to scoot, you know? Yeah. Uh, so not bad. Paired HMGs, two of them, that's yeah. hella good for that price. And Recky. Yeah. Pretty decent. So, you know, it's it's a, I feel in game terms these should wreck. But then again, I haven't played with them. So maybe it's like mm-hmm. snipers. Snipers on paper are amazing, unbeatable. And then you play with them and everybody knows that they're probably not doing anything. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, happens all the time. And then, of course, you run into armored cars. So uh, I'm going to gather lots of MMGs. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Armor 7, nearly across the board. And uh, that's what makes it armored, but not a tank. And uh, light guns, either machine guns, uh, MMG or HMG. Or autocannons, light autocannons. And a lot of these will have recce. Yeah, that's what I was just looking at. And it looks like all of them, but probably one that I'm I'm looking at right now. Yeah, all of them, but one. The uh, standard uh, Beaverette light armored car Mark I. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't it's the only one that doesn't have recce. So, but you got so many options here, right? You got the Lanchester six by four armored car, MMGs, uh, Marmon Harrington armored car, MMGs, or you can get like a two pounder, but it still has recce. Yeah, the Humber armored car. I think that's one I have. Um, again. Uh, auto cannons. Yeah, you can switch out for light anti tanks, or you can uh, go with an HMG to make the Canadian Fox for minus ten points, Ooh. which is cool that they put that in there. Um, yeah, of course, us and being, uh, but us being Canadian boys, right? So you got you got to throw the mention in there, and you and you do have the Humber if you got the Gentleman's War. Yeah, there you go. So that's uh, the vehicle that comes in it. Which, by the way, it's a great little great kit. Great little kit in there. Not sure when they're or if they're going to make it available separate, but oh, that's true. Yeah, I don't see why not. But they have the Daimler, Daimler, armored car, uh, turn mounted two pounder coaxial, recce, Hummer light Renaissance. Uh, Reconnaissance car, <laughs> the Humberette. Ooh. Yeah. So, again, most of these are very similar. Uh, light anti tank gun. Some of them actually have light anti tank rifles. Um, and then you have just turrets with light anti tank guns, MMGs, that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, you have choices. Uh, you got the Daimler Dingo as well. Essentially, it's just an LMG. It's pretty cheap for points. So, pretty cool. Uh, Staghound, heavy armored car. Again, light anti-tank gun. 
So, I mean, you can pick and choose what you want to fit your army, to fit your theme. Uh, some of the models look pretty good, really great. They have, like, the armored car commander kind of out at the top, you know, yeah. the little radio kind of thing that they're talking about. And they kind of get so into the, uh, the other side of this category is uh, the Jeeps and trucks. Yes. Which, by the way, I have airborne Jeep. And I love it. I you know, love, I... love, 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 love it. <laughs> you want to know why I love it? Why? Because it's amazing. The other reason, <laughs> it's like 45 points, and I get uh, twin forward-facing MMGs. Nice. Not bad, Frank. I don't know why I went with Frank, but... Yeah, 45 points, twin forward-facing MMGs, and recce. Nice. Yeah, it's it's a Jeep, so it, it can get shot. But if you're careful with it, it's recce, and that's 10 shots in somebody's face. That's yep. that's a lot. Even me, can even I can hit with that. 10 <laughs> dice in my hand, I could probably hit. <laughs> Yeah, they uh, they got a few more options, right? The MA Great Hound, Greyhound, I should say. Oh yeah, sorry, I, uh, I skipped ahead. I saw the Airborne G. I just did. I mention <laughs> well, I, that I love it. I I, I like it because they they you know they talk about the Greyhound. They talk about the uh, LRDG armored trucks, mm-hmm. right? The armed trucks, which are just tons of machine guns on these trucks in the desert, kind of thing, right? Which, by the way, shout out to Rogue Heroes, which is an awesome show. If you yeah. <laughs> if you want to get motivation to paint some LRDG armored trucks or SAS Jeeps. Whew. Fun. Anyway, yeah. Rando, sorry. And that's and that's the next one actually, SA SAS Jeeps. So uh, I know one of our members is doing I think SAS stuff right now for the slow grow. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty cool. And uh, of course you're British Airborne. British Airborne, yep. And I got to give a shout out to uh, Dusty too for uh, our good buddy Dusty. He he has uh, a classic LRDG and SAS Desert Force, which can be brutal. It is a tough, tough little force, and uh, it has a whole lot of these trucks and jeeps in there. Trucks and Jeeps, and then guys that pop out with machine guns and submachine guns, which is pretty cool. It's right up, it's, uh, right up in your face. And the models look pretty neat. They look so. sweet, yeah. Yeah, British Airborne Jeep. I don't know if I said it, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up is your probably next favorite is the Recce Carriers. Yeah, I got a Brent Carriers. I got a bunch of them. Right. It's a great option. Yeah, you know, a lot of people. A, a lot of people will have one. Yep. You know, they'll have one or two, you know, universal carriers kicking around. Boom. Make it. Yep. Again, lots of LMGs, which is, is awesome. Um, yeah. So those are your options. Tons of those. Uh, then, they, of course, next you go into transports and tows. And uh, we're not going to go too, too much detail with some of the basic trucks and whatnot. There might be a couple key mentions. 
it's usually the same thing across the board with machine guns and pintle mounts and pretty and much whatnot. you got your jeeps yeah. uh you got a couple half tracks your universal um, carrier is one armor seven uh, open top but only five transport spots which which can be limiting right yeah no, but uh turn on the spot is uh, a really good uh rule basically you can execute a full speed run rate reverse finishing the move facing in the direction of travel so uh <laughs> like it says may not use if towing i feel that falls under the no shit sherlock uh category but uh, <laughs> okay you know somebody would have tried essentially essentially <laughs> so Trucks, Jeeps, half-tracks, the usual. A couple of mentions, uh, the kangaroo. Nice. Uh, You have the the priest kangaroo. Uh, It's an 8-plus light tank that has a capacity of 11 for transport and towing, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, Forward-facing MMG, open-topped. You have the ram kangaroo, which um, Canadian... um, used and whatnot right yeah so they're essentially converted from like obsolete tanks i guess yep um tony has a a couple so yeah yeah he's used them and they're pretty neat uh again this these are actually nine plus medium tanks for transports yeah so 11 men that's that's pretty good that's you're pretty protected on that oh for sure and, uh, it's it's a bit beefy for a transport, but you know what? It's honestly not too crazy much more than a Hano Mag. 127 yeah. points for a regular. And what is a Hano Mag? 90? Or something like 80, that. 85 or 95. Yeah. So you get 30 points more, but I mean, you're, you're getting a whole hell of a lot more armor. Yeah, exactly, and like you know, you you still have the MMG. Yeah, that you can add to it, so actually you go up in in points, but uh, it just it supports your your troops, right? And and just protects your troops getting to those key positions, which is really good. Yeah, um, and, it, it, and of course you have a couple tractors down the road too, but yeah, the kangaroos, your buffalo. They're pretty good. For some LVT buffaloes, yeah. Again, seven plus armor carrier. Now these puppies, I've had these used against me. Yeah. Um, two pintle mounted MMGs. Yeah, and amphibious. I mean, it's not gonna. You're not gonna. I mean, run into that very often in a bolt action game. No, uh, mostly but, for a scenario. But if you do happen to have a river or something, and you're you know, you're not able to uh, hide behind it, you know, where everybody yep. else has to go to that bridge or that crossing. These guys are just zipping across. That can be a, a real pain. And the, the thing with the Buffalo is up to 24 men for transport capacity. Yeah. It's friggin' huge. That's huge. Right. Yeah. So, 
Um, I've I've had this. I've played against this Dusty, one of his other armies. Yeah, and uh, it's brutal when when he throws up his units because that's essentially what happens is bleh, two <laughs> squads, two squads, commander, flamethrower team. You know, they all come out. And it's like okay, I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. So that's uh, it's pretty cool, and then the, the miniatures are pretty neat too. They're fairly bigger, but you can see why there's 24 people in there. So, um, and then they can uh, lay down some firepower with all their MMGs, right? Oh yeah, 23 points. It's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, not in this book, but probably in some of the other books. There, I think there's one that can have like a flamethrower on it too. So, oh um, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, but, yeah. I think that's an American thing. Yeah. Um, and of course, you have your Terrapin amphibious truck. Uh, essentially, it's just yeah, amphibious. So, so those that's pretty much for for like the vehicles and whatnot. Uh, we do have theater selectors. Uh, we're not gonna go through these. Uh, I'm just going to make some mentions. Uh, you have kind of the Blitzkrieg, 39-42, full of France. Uh, you have Dad, Dad's Army, which would probably be a fun little project at some point. 1940-44, uh, you have Raiders. And all of these have like different little special rules and stuff, right? So uh, it gives you a good um, selection of stuff that you can play around with. You have Africa of 1940 to 43 theater selectors operation compass behind enemy lines uh what else we got here operation lightfoot tunisia as well um so it, i think actually i think the british have probably the most theater selectors in their book compared to some of the other ones yeah well you gotta think um, they're they're committed in every everywhere. every theater of the war so yeah Fall of Singapore, Burma, you know, uh, Western Europe, Monte Cassino, uh, Normandy, of course. Uh, what else we got here? Market Garden, which is a classic that tons of people go with. Uh, Into the Reich, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. So, and again, a lot of lots these. Of, oh, sorry. I was just gonna say lots of options yeah. to, to even play around with, right? Yeah, for sure. So, it's a great book. And uh, lots of these uh, theater selectors are addressed in greater detail in other, yes. uh, you know, kind of theater specific books. But these are great to get you started or get an idea. I really like the theater selectors. Even if yeah. I kind of look at a theater selector and then convert it as best as I can to, you know, cause a lot of tournaments and, uh, and, uh, you know, events is usually is like a reinforced platoon. Most of these you can quasi convert. You can't get, you don't obviously get all the options, but you can certainly get the feel by converting it to a, a reinforced platoon. And then I just, I'll make it off of that theater selector and then bear in mind, how can I make it also work 
in a uh, reinforced platoon and, and bring that flavor to a regular game instead of a specific scenario or something. They're great. Yeah. It's a great way to uh, to add a little flavor without a whole lot of research. Each one usually gives you a, a couple of paragraphs of, of what it's about, an idea of where to start, yep. and uh, they're great. Yeah, again, uh, one of the books probably with you know, tons of tons of options. If if you listen to the first podcast about the book, you'll hear about the infantry and all that stuff. As you're listening to this, of course, all the the tanks and armored cars, SPGs, tank destroyers, all that kind of stuff, plus transports, and then of course theater selectors. Um, so, lots of options. Uh, definitely has given me you know thought of what I want to play next. Nice. You know what? as I've been playing Germans for the last probably year now, time to, to pull out a different army and start working on that as well. After I finish these current Germans, um, essentially, yeah, lots of good options. Um, and, uh, I hope, you know, you found that this episode helpful, just kind of going through some of the units. Yeah, um, they're pretty much not. the, uh, Baskin Robbins of, uh, of armies. <laughs> I mean, they got every flavor. Essentially, yeah. No, but it's it's nice because you, you know, look even looking at the tanks and whatnot too, like, you know, I, I do have some of the cruiser tanks uh, that I got from somebody's collection, right? Mm -hmm. And just being able to throw some of them here and there, uh, you know, I uh, ended up... Um, you had a Matilda that you got off of me to work with, you know, your army and stuff, yep. which was pretty cool. You know, I, I got two more, so one I'll keep for the British, the other one I'll probably maybe put it with my Soviet army kind of thing, right? Sweet. Uh, that kind of thing. You know, I got tons of different Shermans that I could play around with, uh, and then a couple of the Stuarts, which I think would be fun to play around with too, plus the Churchill, of course. But, um, you know, even the SMG, the SPGs would be nice to grab a priest. Um, so not only like rule wise and whatnot, miniature wise, hobby wise, uh, ultimately there is tons of options in this army. Um, you know, if you like the airborne, you got that, you want commandos, you know, um, even like I was telling you before, Jason, about, uh, doing you know one of the um tank units kind of thing even from like the the market garden oh yeah uh, i think was it the irish guard or something yeah. like that I can't, yeah. yeah yeah so even doing that you know like i ended up getting the the little command vehicle for for the commander for it and just tons and tons of options so you know if you're looking for an army they're pretty good um, and, uh, gotta, gotta say Warlord's pretty, pretty good at their units and their little history background. And of course, Osprey publishing for beautiful layout of the book and the artwork and stuff as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, like it's pretty good. So yeah, I, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. 
hopefully we'll have more of these going down the road let us know if you liked it maybe maybe you didn't who knows uh, let us know though um, we try to throw in some tactics and stuff in there and kind of what we think of units and whatnot uh, of course Jason longtime guest as always you know um, we'll always have uh, his ideas and whatnot as well compared to mine and sometimes we'll have Bill on the show so hopefully uh, again like I said ho- hopefully you guys enjoyed it and uh, leave comments let us know what you think what's your favorite units you know what are you working on that kind of stuff love to hear it right send me a list we'd like to check it out you know compare thoughts and all that kind of stuff so um thanks again jason no as always worries <laughs> and uh i guess we'll uh we'll catch you guys on the flip side keep on rolling dice uh, keep on checking out the socials. I'm sure you'll see a whole bunch of stuff from LVO shortly. Um, we'll find out some stuff. I think we're going to have, I think we're going to have Chris on the show, uh, locally, one of our players who went to LVO. Uh, I think, I think Bill's going to be doing a, um, recap of how the events went and stuff. Um, that's pretty cool. Cause, uh, Bill had actually, uh, sent me pictures of uh some selfies with him and uh and john russell and and jay the tournament organizer there so oh nice yeah it was pretty cool to see that you know he sent him my way and they're kind of waving you know hey what's up you know so they've been really good uh event looks really good a lot of nice armies so we'll try to get to see if they got some pictures for us and um go from there so Thanks for tuning in as always. Uh, appreciate all the support and all the comments and all the likes. And we will catch you guys next time. Bye.